This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tuesday to you and you and you. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. We are talking Seeking Sister Wives, Season 4, Episode 10. Many things could go wrong. Shout out, Vanessa. Hey, girl. Hey, you are, like, on it. (laughs) Hi, geek girl. Listen, you guys. Watching Seeking Sister Wives this season, I just have so many problems with it. Like, I have so many problems. Like, if they're trying to explain the polygamous lifestyle, I just feel like they're not doing a good job this season. Because I feel like none of the couples really, maybe the Joneses, hey, Crystal, but everyone else just really doesn't want this lifestyle. They really don't. And there's like, you can tell that there's like underlying issues and they're having to like, hold them in and I will continue to say this what is the prize what are we getting what are the women getting out of this situation because I gotta tell you all of them have concerns so that being said I reached out to Jared because I really think that he explains the situations a lot um and he has knowledge and I think he's actually really living the lifestyle like I don't think any of these couples are really living the lifestyle that being said uh, he's going to be on the show shortly. We're just figuring out what dates work for him. And 
because I have questions. <sighs> I have questions. I have questions. I have too many questions. So let's just jump into it. The Maryfields, Daniel and Garrick. I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face. Garrick wants to be with Roberta. He doesn't give a rat's ass about, hey, Stephanie. Hey, girl. Hey. He doesn't give a rat's ass about his long-term wife. He really doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care about Danielle. He's either bored of her or he thinks he can get away with whatever and whenever with her. And it's, it's mind-blowing. So they're going to Brazil. First time to Brazil, which I find interesting, right? Because Garrick is so in love with Roberta, but you've never actually been to her hometown. That's, that's a bit weird. Um, and so they're going to Brazil to not only reconnect with Roberta, but find out why she's pussyfooting around and not coming. So they want to make sure that she books her ticket to the U.S. And again, to me, if you really want to be in a polygamous relationship, then you shouldn't have to convince someone to be in it with you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of doesn't make sense to me. So <clears throat> Roberta... Danielle says Roberta's having doubts and prolonging coming to the U.S. And they got to make this happen within the next two months because her visa will expire. And all I can tell you is that Garrick loves Roberta. And uh, Crystal, you can attest to this. That interview, the first interview we did with Jared, he or the second interview. Yeah, the second interview we did with Jared, he talked about, you know, the fetish of it all and here is this latina woman that he thinks is all that and he's obsessed with that part and i think that that, that is showing to be true um <clears throat> oh my god vanessa you're hilarious vanessa there are some things that we keep in the way okay Oh, you guys are awful. Vanessa and Mandy, please behave yourself. Thank you. Uh, so he's in love with Roberta and they get, they look, it looks like they flew like business class. They, it looks like they flew like where, you know, there's comfort and room and you don't have to be all close up to everybody. So they get to Brazil and they booked a translator, her name is Marcella, so that they can actually communicate, which is another thing that I have an issue with because you're so in love with this woman that you can't even communicate with. So really, what is it about? And I go back to what Jared said. It's more about the fetish of it all because um, <laughs> Mandy said, LOL, I always forget which is the fun chat. Sorry, Linda. <laughs> uh, hi, Stevie. So they can't even communicate with, with Roberta. So they have a translator, which I just have a problem with you guys. Overall, I just have a problem with it. If you can't actually use your words, then what is this relationship really about? <sighs> Vanessa, no. No was not released worldwide. That was a special situation for our Patreon subscribers only. Okay, I can't look at the live chat anymore because y'all y'all are running amok. Okay, so Marcella, the translator, you know, she 
thinks this whole situation is weird. She doesn't understand the polygamous lifestyle. It's not common in Brazil. And she's just not for it. But she's like, this is a job. So I'm not going to judge them because, cha-ching, like, I'm going to get paid. Right? So if I can stay in this beautiful Airbnb that they booked and be the translator, even though I don't know what's, like, I'm not about this life, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm not mad at her. So they get to the Airbnb. It's two bedrooms. And here's the other thing, you guys. So you fly to Brazil with your husband, your husband, who divorced you so that he can go marry someone else, so that he can bring her on a K-1 visa. So really, technically, he's her ex-husband. You fly to Brazil with your ex-husband, and he's booked a two-bedroom Airbnb so that you can stay in one bedroom on your own, and he can stay with his lover in another bedroom. Again, I'm trying to ask you guys, what exactly is the prize in this situation? Because I don't get it. My husband is not staying anywhere with anyone and me sleeping in a separate room so that y'all can get jiggy jiggy with it. That's not happening. Crystal says, Danielle has got to see it. We all see it. Facts. Facts. So... Danielle has her own room. Roberta and Garrick are in the stay in their own room. And literally my note is F this dude. Like, honestly, F this dude. What is he bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table exactly? Except literally not really respecting your your ex-wife. Not really wanting to be with your ex-wife. And letting her just go to the wayside because you have your eyes on something else. So... Um, they call Roberta. She's like, welcome to Brazil. She's going to be there, you know, shortly. And he literally says on the phone, you guys, this, this, this broke my heart. And this is how I know everything I'm saying is true. He literally said on the phone, he's committed to Roberta for life. And Danielle had to correct him and say, no, we're committed to to Roberta for life. Do you see how he doesn't even think about his ex-wife? He doesn't think about Danielle in any of his decisions. All he's thinking about is himself and the fact that he wants to be with his Latin lover. I'm committed to Danielle for life. Or excuse me, I'm committed to Roberta for life. No, no. Isn't it supposed to be we? Aren't we supposed to be in a polygamous? Isn't it supposed to be me and you are inviting someone else into our relationship so it's the three of us so why are you specifically talking about yourself alone saying you're committed because you know what the Freudian slip it's exactly what he's thinking he's thinking just like he said last week that if she can't come to America oh well so what I'll still have babies with her and I'll live half my life over there and half his life means really bye Danielle I'm gonna go and be with who I really want to be like let's be real so uh, Roberta arrives and, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but she looks totally different. Did anyone else think that she looks totally different than what we've seen in the past? She looks totally different. And I've seen like on, you know, Reddit and everything, people saying the same thing, but she looks different. Um, she arrives and immediately Garrick starts crying. He's crying. He's embracing her. 
my sunshine, I've missed you, he's kissing her, all the things. And then Danielle literally is like, okay, well, I'm going to give you some time alone. And again, if this is a polygamous lifestyle, why do you have to walk away and give them time alone? Like, aren't the three of you supposed to be bonding? I just, listen, you guys, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. So they're having dinner. Roberta's talking about how this is a beautiful relationship, but it's the most difficult relationship she's ever been in because she's never felt so much love before, but she's still not together with them for good. So this whole situation is so hard for her. Um, But she does say that, you know, they were trying to have a baby earlier, right, last season, but she wants to wait till she comes to the U.S. to have a baby, which is exactly what Danielle told Garrett, which, remember, Garrett was against. Garrett's like, why does it matter? What does a few weeks matter? He wants to have a baby immediately because he really wants to tie this girl down. He wants to tie Roberta down so that he thinks that if she has a baby, that she can't go anywhere. But meanwhile, the two women are like, no, that doesn't even make sense. And it doesn't make sense because I'm still not convinced that she's actually going to come to the U.S. She's saying all the things, but words are words, actions are actions. Did they really have to come all the way to Brazil to come get her? She had the visa. She could just go. So what? what's the holdup? Um, <clears throat> Geek Girl says, put on weight, I think. Crystal says she looks the same to me, but they seem awkward. She seems forced to act like she's into it. I think she's checked out too. So as soon as Roberta said, you know, I'm going to wait till I come to America to start having a baby with Garrick, Danielle starts crying because that's exactly what she wanted. Because honestly, Danielle really doesn't want any of this. She's just appeasing her husband. She doesn't want her husband to actually really, really leave her. So she's just allowing all of this because she's been with him so long. And I find that really sad and and just, I find it sad. I find the whole thing sad. So she's crying because that's exactly what she said to Garrick, even though Garrick felt differently, even though Garrick was like, I want to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And I want to have a baby with her and I want to start having babies with her immediately, if not sooner. Right after dinner, Garrick leaves with Roberta to be alone with her and have his intimate time. And meanwhile, Danielle's sitting all pathetic in her own room, sitting on the bed. She looked amazing. She's taking off her, her fun shoes and all the things. And I was just like, I was watching this scene, you guys, and I was like, what is the benefit of any of this? What is the benefit of any of this? Because Danielle looks sad. She looks sad and she I feel like she feels like she's compromising beyond her comfort zone. So you flew all the way out here so that your man, so you can watch your man do whatever he wants with the woman he really wants to be with. And you're supposed to sit in your bedroom by yourself. Roberta and Garrick are in their room. He asks her, will you come to Colorado? And she's like, yeah, of course, she says. I still don't believe it. I still don't believe she's actually going to show up there and, and live this lifestyle. I really don't. Let me know what you guys think. Moving on to the Davis family. 
you guys already know how I feel about Nick. Nick is a scrub. I'm sorry, he's a scrub. And I think having a baby is going to blow this whole faux, happy, polygamous family in smoke. And here's why I say that. So April and Nick have been together for years, like 20 years or whatever, but they haven't had a baby together, right? They haven't. She has a, she has like a groaner type of child. That's not even a word, but you know what I mean? Like he's not a, he's not a, he's a teenager. She has a teenager from a previous relationship. You know, she was pregnant when she met Nick and Nick was the pseudo dad. And that's why he said he used, he's a stay at home dad, but really Nick ain't doing shit. Nick doesn't do shit. Nick, Nick is not about shit. I think he's the biggest scrub, scammer, living off the backs of two women that I just have ever seen. So Jennifer is pregnant and it's Nick's first biological child and they're going to have a girl. So I guess congratulations, right? New life is always exciting. But that being said, um, I still think he's a scrub. I do. I just think he's the worst of the worst. How you, I, just, oh, I can't even, I don't even want to get started. What do you guys think about Nick? Can you guys tell me in the live chat? What do y'all think about Nick and what he brings to the table? Someone please tell me. So Jennifer is pregnant. They're going to go shopping. They're bringing Danielle along because they're hoping to incorporate her as you know, a sister wife, and she's going to be part of raising this child. Um, and Nick is hoping that he's going to be someone that his daughter can be proud of. And my question is, how? How can she? How is she going to understand this relationship? And how is she going to be proud of you? Because honestly, what are you bringing to the table, Nick? You don't work. You were a faux stay-at-home dad. And even now, I'll, I'll talk about it shortly, but he has, like, apprehension because he's really going to have to be a stay-at-home dad with a small baby and actually do some shit. So the books that you say you're reading that you're so wise and all the wisdom that you have, that's going to have to go to the wayside. You don't you don't cook. You don't clean. And then you guys, ugh, I, I just, I don't get it. <sighs> Geek Girl says, I can't imagine him caring for a newborn. How will he do his research? A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fine. He's also known as a buster. Stephanie says, Nick brings nothing to the table other than bring other women into the relationship. So they want Danielle to feel a part of this relationship, uh, but Nick's feeling a little apprehensive because, you know, obviously the dynamics are going to change. So he's not sure how well Danielle is going to adjust to that or how she will feel. And Danielle, all I have to say is run. You're like 20-something. You have your whole life ahead of you. You're going to be literally the glorified babysitter, honestly. That's what's going to happen. You, April, 
and Jennifer are going to be the sole providers for a kid that's not your bio kid. And what? So that you can have some penis and share the, like you said, share the attention with not only two grown ass women, but a brand new baby. And let me tell you, having a baby changes everything. And he's having a girl. So it's, she's going to be like, you know, a daddy's girl. It's going to change everything. And just how, you know, April's apprehensive too, because it's not her baby with Nick. And she's trying to like smother and hold down her jealousy, which is like another whole full on conversation that I can go on for hours about. She shouldn't have to be in that position, but that's what she's doing. Um, and she's worried that it's going to change the dynamic. And I'm going to tell you right now, April 100% is going to change the dynamic because guess what? Nick and Jennifer are going to have a bond that you and her, you and him don't have. And you will never have unless you have a, his baby as well. But also, too, this is his first baby. And anyone that has had a kid, you know that that first one is the one that you're like, that changed your life. So will the dynamics change? 100% they'll change. And not only that, when I watch them, he Nick is more inclined to be with Jennifer, if you notice, he's always having sex with Jennifer. And April's kind of like just like the house ruler. She's like the boss of the house. But all the running amok, all the sex that's having being had is really being had between Nick and Jennifer and now Danielle. Right? So the two young girls, Nick is like, you know, spreading himself between them. But April is like in charge because she's been there the longest. But I'm going to tell you that that dynamic, as soon as that baby pops out, it's going to be 100% different. Yes. The baby is blowing up the spot for them. Facts. Exactly. Facts. Facts. <sighs> Midwife Crystal said he couldn't even go without sleeping with Jennifer when Danielle was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Vanessa says, what does Danielle do for a living? I feel like they recruit based on income potential as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that, Vanessa. I wouldn't be surprised. So April is concerned about the dynamics changing and Nick is excited about the prospect of being a stay at home dad. And when he said that it's everything that I've told you guys earlier. So before when he proclaimed to allegedly be a stay at home dad, and I said, there's no way because that kid's a teenager, we haven't seen him since the first episode. So Nick doesn't do shit. And again, y'all Nick doesn't work. Okay, he doesn't cook, he doesn't clean, he doesn't drive. What? What's the prize here? And then they bought a new house. That's in April's name, by the way. The house is in April's name. Because again, she's the boss. So what? you have? It's like you have a grown-ass man that you're providing for, for what? As a woman, you can get penis anywhere. I just, I'm just confused by them. I'm really confused by them. I'm really, really confused by them. He thinks he can read a few books, and that's what he's bringing to the table. He can, he can, you know, go ahead. I wish I had a book in front of me because 
I would just read you some random friggin' words so that you sound smart. And then that's it. And then meanwhile, you're like, I don't want to get too graphic, but like that staycation, you know that there was no protected sex having there. So you're having sex here and then you're rolling out and having sex with someone else. Like talk about transferring, you know, I think BV, all the things between each other. Ew. Like just ew. Just ew. Exactly. Nothing is that good. He's useless. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I really, I mean, I think even, and don't forget that April and Jennifer are married to each other, right? So that's going to create a whole different dynamic when a baby comes in because Nick is the bio dad, but the two of them are married. So God forbid something happens. What? How does that pan out? Yeah. Yeah. Just no, thank you. On to Jones's city and Natasha and Ariel. It's only day three. I can't believe it's only been three days of his trip to the Philippines, and Sidian feels like he's already falling in love after three days with Ariel. <clears throat> They're en route to the market. Um, and, you know, Sidian is a worrier. He worries a lot about a bunch of whole th- everything and making right decisions and all the things. And so he's worried about bringing Ariel to Portland because he's worried that she's going to be homesick and, you know, not adjust to the Portland lifestyle. The thing I loved about this scene is that when they went to the market, they actually showed some culture, right? So they they showed like the fried plantain and they showed showed the market in and of itself. And I thought that that was good, right? Because I'm always complaining that you take us all to all these places, you bring us the drama, but you don't even show the culture. So showing a little bit of the Filipino culture, I was impressed by that, to be honest. So um, Ariel's excited to be with Sidian in the U.S. She's really down for it. Now, again, and I might be a pessimist, I guess. I don't know. But, like, after three days, you guys are in love with each other? Really? After three days? You're in love? Like, to the point where you might want to propose? Right? And I guess I guess it could still happen, and I'm just a pessimist. But I just feel like that's not enough time. So she has a friend that kind of has an in with the embassy. So they call her to find out like what the deal is, right? So they want to go on a fiance visa, which obviously we know by now is the K-1 visa. And the friend says, you know, the U.S. embassy is open for applications again, um, but it's going to be hard for them because it's still the pandemic and so they're backed up. Um, But what they are doing is prioritizing the applications and at the top of the applications are the K-1 visas. And... um. So if they want to do this, they should do it immediately so that they can get the ball rolling. So Sidian's not sure if they've had enough time yet together. He does want to propose. He did bring a ring with him just in case, but he's going to call Tasha to discuss, you know, what she thinks next steps should be. And Tasha's surprised. She's like, you know, has it been enough time? I mean, that that was your concern from the beginning. Has it been enough time? Um, because, you know, talking online, like I say, is different 
than being with someone in real life. And you've literally only been with this girl for three days. Literally. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I feel it. I feel connected to her. And I just really feel like she is everything. And she's a true catch. And, you know, so I, I, I just feel torn. But only have a few days left. But she really is a catch. And so Tasha says, "Does it? do it. Do it. Do it. We've we've gone through this for so many years, and we've never really gone this far. So go ahead and propose to her. And he's like, okay, well, I'll think about it. Um, but what was interesting is that they did talk about how that, too, is going to change the dynamics of their relationship, right? Because Tasha and Sidian have been together for some time, but they're not married, right? So as soon as Ariel comes, then, like Tasha said... From a legal standpoint, when Ariel and Sidian get married, she's going to surpass Tasha in the relationship because now they're married. But Tasha's like, that's a gift that she's willing to give it mean, if it means Ariel gets to join the family. Now, Here's the thing, you guys. From a woman's perspective, again, why all the compromise? Like, why are you settling for less than? Right? So, again, if things run amok and it doesn't work out, then Tasha's the one that's out of luck right? Because she's legally not married to him, but she's put in all this effort and energy into the relationship and has been with him for so long, right? And so it, he could easily say, well, you're not my wife. Bye. Do you know what I mean? Like people's minds changes over time. You evolve over time. I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't, this season is not making me feel like this is the right lifestyle for any of these throuples. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, and no one seems totally committed to it. There's all these doubts and, and insecurities. And even for Tasha to, to bring this up saying, you know, that Ariel's going to surpass her from a legal standpoint, that means that you're, ha- you're thinking about that. And the fact that last week you called to ask if they had sex yet, then, you know, that's also showing that you were having some insecurities. It, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me at all. What are the women getting out of this situation? I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Brenda. Can I just tell you that Brenda's the villain? Brenda's the villain. And I just think that this whole situation between Brenda and Stephen April is crazy to me because Brenda, you came in as the third and you thought that Steve was just going to be monogamous with you, but he hasn't changed his stripe. He's freaking building a house for a polygamous lifestyle. And Brenda is not for it, y'all. She is so not for it. She's jealous. She's insecure. And she doesn't want to bring anyone else, especially someone that's younger and, and hotter than her into their marriage. She doesn't want to do it. And her body language gives her away every time I see her on the screen. 
So they're at the house. They're working air quotes on their communication. They're making papusas for lunch because, of course, it's Brenda's favorite thing to have. So let's do what she wants to do because, you know, if we don't do that, there's going to be a problem. And they're sitting to camera and Brenda just looks so sour about the situation. And she is not having any of it. He's talking about how happy he is. They're, they're communicating better. He's really excited about April and her face is like scrunched up and she like always turns her head and looks away, rolls her eyes. I'm like, you know what? I don't understand you, Brenda. I honestly think that you really do need to go and get your own life. I don't know if you work. I don't know if you have any friends, but you definitely need to go and see a therapist because this this whole thing that you're doing is a mess. Is a mess. You don't get you don't get along so much with his kids, even though you came in as a third, and now he's bringing someone else in, and you don't want that either. And all you do is complain and bitch and whine and cry about it. I. Uh... Yeah. So <clears throat> they sit down, they're having lunch, and I just sat back, you guys. I sat back and watched them. And to me, what was concerning is it looked like two parents with their young daughter. Did anyone else feel that way? Because I just kept looking at the table. And looking at the three of them and like, just like, she looks like she could be your child and that this is a family dinner. It was a bit freaky to me. Anyways, they're building this plural house so they can have live the plural lifestyle. And Steve wants April to move in. And Brenda's still hesitant. And he turns to her and says, you know, if I said, or if we asked April to move in tomorrow, would you be okay with that? And she's like, rolls her eye. We're not there yet. And he's like, oh, I think we're almost there. <laughs> and she just scowls in her whole face and body, you guys. It just, her whole face drops. She gets like this. I can't even, she gets like this. like mean, mad bulldog look on her face and she turns away and she's like, oh, eh. dude, this is not going away, Brenda. Steve is going to do whatever the fuck he wants and he wants April. And I know all the insecurities you have that he wants a younger, hotter model and that's making you insecure because you have no friends and no life. I'm just going to say you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But you chose to be in the situation. You came in as a third. So your your husband, you knew who he was and what he was about because you came in as the April and you thought you were winning because the wife was like, this lifestyle's not for me and bout. So you thought, oh, I, I won. But guess what? You didn't win because he's like, nah, I want to get a younger, harder version of you. Brenda needs some friends. Any of those I love a mama boy <laughs> mothers live by her. They need to get their own lives too. <laughs> oh yeah, I always forget. You guys, don't forget 
just to hit up that like button, like and subscribe, um, support the show. There's super chat, super stickers available, as well as the bottom of your screen. You can see where you can support the show via Cash App, PayPal, Venmo. Um, it really does help me create these shows, and you know, I don't just pop up. There's a whole process, so help the process, support a girl. That being said, uh, again, this whole situation, Brenda, Steve, and April, I feel like that's going to blow up in their faces as well. And I don't think Brenda's going to be able to deal with it once April actually isn't equal to her, right? Because she's going to resent April and she's going to say, oh, April's not communicating with me. April's not being my best friend. April's not listening to me. April's not holding my hand. April, you know what I mean? It's going to be all of that. So, Last, the Epps family. Taryn, dear Taryn in India, I need to understand what it is that you love about your situation. I really do. It's a and it's a genuine question. I'm not being petty. I really need to know what what you love about your situation. And this part is a little bit petty, but I don't care. I, and you guys have probably heard it. I just, you know, Marcus is problematic. Marcus is problematic. Marcus, you know, he's got like 10 kids, eight baby mamas. He's a serial cheater. He's got some weird death from a club in his background. He's got some like tax evasion stuff going on. He's a public figure. He's got some other like a uh, political public figure. He's got some like skeletons in those closets. And you know, I, I get we all can redeem ourselves and we all have things that we've done in the past that, that we regret and we can move on from. But I just feel like there's so many cons versus pros that I just, I'm trying to figure out again, what are you getting? Like, what's the prize in this situation? And I have to tell you guys, like, he's really short. <laughs> when he went to get Janae out of the car and his head didn't even hit the top of the door frame, I, I was like, um, what? What is happening right now? All the women tower over him. And he he rolls in with so much like bravado and so much like he's the man, he's the catch, and he's so and I'm like, but you look like a toddler. Like, are you are you even five foot? Rolling like you know, people talk about the short man syndrome. I'm just saying, like, what what? Meanwhile, like Crystal says, those sisters get more and more beautiful every episode. They're beautiful. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're well spoken. And I'm looking at, I'm looking around. And then you bring Janae, same thing. So you got all these beautiful, strong, intelligent, educated black women. And then you got this fool, who's like, who's a serial cheater. And the only reason he's in a polygamous lifestyle is because he can't keep his dick in his pants. Make it make sense. 
My note says he's so little and short and doesn't even come to the top of the car. That is my first note. All right, I'm done being petty. Okay, so Janae's still apparently in town for business, which is also confusing to me because <laughs> do we need a booster seat? That's he sat on the stool and his his feet didn't even hit the ground, y'all. Come on, come on. Stop it. Now you want to share this little short man with three women? For what? What's the prize? Okay, so Janae's in town for business, and I'm still confused by that because she's a bartender. So, like, what business is bringing... And they're in Florida, but he's a politician in Ohio. Like, there's, like, I have a lot of questions, but whatever. She's in town for business, and so she's going to meet with all of them for drinks. She's not really on board, but she agreed to meet with them. Um, And, you know, he wants... Taryn in India to seal the deal for him because he really wants to be with Janae. So he's going to stay for a couple of drinks and then he's going to leave so that they can, you know, seal the deal. And the other thing I keep saying is, again, you shouldn't have to convince someone. It's like you're selling polygamy. You're selling polygamy and you're only selling it because really there's no prize, which is why I keep saying, what's the prize? You have to sell something so hard for someone to be with you because it's fucked up and you know it's fucked up. You know that they're getting the short end of the stick. The dude gets all the women plus their income and he just has to put his penis in them and they all have to share it and be okay with it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. So he leaves. Janae's like, you know, listen, I was swindled and bamboozled to be here. He wasn't truthful. He wasn't honest. He has a full-on wife and then a half, right? Because he has a wife and a fiancé, which, you know, that India will forever be the fiancé because he can't then marry India. He will never be able to marry India because that's not how the rule of land of the law works. So now you want to have a wife and a faux fiance and then you want to add a girlfriend to the situation and you're four foot eleven so they start talking to janae and trying to like say hey well at least he came you know clean to you he didn't have to right he could have still strung you along and i sat there and i thought is that supposed to be a selling point so he lied to my face by omission he got me here, and because he came clean, I should be happy. I should be joyful that he brought me into this situation that he lied about from the beginning. You, We have to value ourselves, you guys. We can't. I just, the man is not always going to be the prize. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know when society turned to, like, oh, this should be okay, and women should just accept whatever the fuck that these dudes are saying and wanting to do. Unless you really believe that you want to share your life with multiple people, which I'm trying to tell you, none of these couples this season, that's really what they want to do. None of the women, at least. The men are, like, chilling because, you know, one of them doesn't have to work. He just has to whip out his penis. The other one wants a newer, hotter model, so he's cool with it. The other one has a fetish for Latinas, 
And literally, you guys, he will leave his wife if he can. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are we, why are we accepting this as women? Honestly, that's a question to you. Like, why are we accepting this? Why is it, why is it that the man who clearly has issues of his own should be able to do whatever he wants and the women are supposed to be okay with it? Like, Garrick literally left his wife in the bedroom with no like, hey, are we good? No communication, nothing. He's like, yeah, that's your room. I'm going to be with Roberta. Nick is having a whole baby with the young girl. Meanwhile, he's been with the other woman for 20 years and they don't even have a baby. Like, can we talk about that? And then you have Brenda who's like crying. Like, I just, you guys, it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense. So Taryn and India are trying to convince Janae, like, this is going to be great. You get, you know, you get to spread out the sets. You know, you get to spread out the finances. If you don't feel like working, then we got you. So let me make this let me just try to think about this. Janae's a single woman um, doing her own thing, making her own money. She's going to come into a relationship that already has two other women in it and 10 kids. And then she's going to have to contribute to the household. She's going to have to share a penis and pay the bills for all of them, contribute to paying all the bills. How is that? How is she coming up? Because again, a woman can get penis all day, every day, anytime she wants. So now you're paying for all these friggin' baby mamas, kids, and sharing a penis to a man who's like four foot 11. I'm confused. And I'm so confused. That's why I need to have Jared on the show because I clearly don't have the answers and I, I really am trying to understand it, you guys. I'm trying to understand it so that I won't be so judgy about it. But I feel like the women shouldn't have to get the short end of the stick. That's how I feel about it. That I honestly, that's how I feel about it. And I'm trying to, <clears throat> I'm trying to like understand it. And so because I can't wrap my mind around it and I have all of these questions, it just doesn't make sense because who is winning in these situations? Meaning like when you're in a relationship with someone and the two of you are winning together, I can understand that. Or one supporting the other till they get to their, their dreams and goals and aspirations. I get that. And then that person supports that person and you, you build together. But like in these situations, I only see the man coming out on top. Again, one dude doesn't even work, doesn't cook, doesn't clean, doesn't drive. He goes out on dates and his wives have to pay for his dates. He rolls from one bed to another bed in the same night. Then another one leaves his wife or the wife leaves him. And then he brings another young, young, young girl who's never been in a serious relationship. And now he wants to move that girl into the house and notice Steve and Garrett are building houses for the polygamous lifestyle. I mean, that's a whole thing that needs to be talked about. 
And then they have these like amazing women, except for Brenda. I think Brenda's the worst, in my opinion, but whatever. Um, that are supporting them. And then like, you know, again, the only person that I think that maybe perhaps was okay with this lifestyle is Tasha. But even Tasha is having doubts because if Sidian gets married, that changes the dynamic of the relationship. And that has always been my question because I feel like whoever the first person is, that person is going to be the person that's at the front, right? So, like, with the Merrifield, Danielle should be, like, the, the front woman because she's been with him the longest, but she's the one in the back literally this dude will leave her for the new girl it's bizarre it's all very bizarre i just don't see any winning in this situation for the women i don't i don't see it i just see a bunch of compromising a bunch of jealousy a bunch of insecurity and it's all unnecessary it's all unnecessary but they're accepting it and that's the part that i just don't get Garrick is building a house for Roberta. His ex has no claim on the house. Yeah, because she's the ex-wife now. If they get married, listen, bye. Bye, Danielle. Hello, Roberta and all her babies. He is committed for life to Roberta. Remember, he said that. He is committed. And she corrected and said, no, we are committed. He ain't thinking about you, Danielle. He hasn't been thinking about you in years. And you know it. Anyways, that was the show. I don't know. I don't like I don't know what to say, y'all. All I can say is this is crazy, fascinating to me. I don't get it. I don't know who's winning here except for the men. And I need to understand. So I thought they were married. No, isn't that how they got the visa? No, the K1 visa is a fiance visa. So all you have to do is a you have to say that you're engaged to the person. That person comes to the U.S. and you have 90 days to get married from there. So they're not married yet. Thank you, Linda. Hashtag never sister wifing. Facts. Live your life, y'all. If you're not really into it and not really into like all the compromise and all the the things that you have to give up. And if you're not into sharing a penis, just don't do it. How about that? All right, y'all. Don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe. Appreciate you, all of you in the live chat. And I will see you guys all tomorrow. Bye for now.